Max Scherzer in his return to Nationals Park actually did pretty well. So all those naysayers out there that say Max Scherzer is not back, he proved it against his former team. I'm going to tell you guys everything about that game and the rest of the series right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can check me out on Twitter at RyanClary11. You can also follow the Locked On Nationals Twitter page at LO underscore Nationals. And as always, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every day. The second segment of the show today, it is a Monday, so you know what that means. It is a Nationals Stock Report Day. Who's been hot and who's been not? I'll get to that segment in just a little bit. But also later in the show, the Nationals do take on the Mets today again at 4.05, which you can always catch the first pitch in any game for the Nationals at SiriusXM, always on the SXM app. We're going to get into all of that, but first... Let's just talk about how the series has gone against the Mets. And in particular, let's start with Mr. Max Scherzer. As yesterday, he is now inching closer to being the all-time winningest pitcher at Nationals Park. And right now, he has one more win left at Nationals Park to tie Gio Gonzalez for second all-time at his former stadium. So, Max Scherzer. When we see Max Scherzer on the mound, we all think about the good times, the multiple Cy Youngs, the no-hitters, all these different memories every time Max Scherzer comes back to Nationals Park. And also, this seemed kind of like a renaissance game. And if you saw this coming, like myself, we kind of knew what Max Scherzer we would be getting. Because a lot of people have been talking about, is it is the run over? Is the Mad Max that we all know and love over? And no, let's just start by saying that it is not. As yesterday, he showed out to be the prime Max Scherzer that we all kind of knew and thought would be coming. And what is the better time for that to happen than at Nationals Park against his former team, a team he won a championship with, a team that he won multiple Cy Youngs with, a team that he finished in the top five for Cy Young voting basically every year within this organization. One of the game's greatest pitchers, this Nationals team, he did that against us. And we all kind of saw it coming. And if you didn't, I'm here to tell you, you probably should have. Because this guy, as we talk about, yes, he has struggled this year. Yes, he did get a suspension for sticky stuff or whatever you want to call it. But I think we know by now, I don't really think that that's the issue. And as we saw also yesterday... He was sitting at 92.7 in his last start, meaning miles per hour. This start, he was now sitting around 94 miles per hour. His spin rate was back up. Everything was back up from the old Max Scherzer that we all kind of knew and saw was coming. But to wrap it up and really 
put the nail in the coffin for this national team for this past series. Max Scherzer went five innings, giving up only two hits, six strikeouts, and only walking two. He gave up an earned run as well. Max Scherzer is still here. He is still in the NL East, and he is still dominant when he needs to be. And that was a kind of a must-win game for the Mets, as they've been off to a really slow start right now, sitting at fourth in the NL East and at 20 and 21 below 500. Now, this Nationals team, Talent-wise and on paper, you should not be sticking with the New York Mets. But I think this goes to show you the reason why this national team has been able to stick around with this team is just for the mere fact that we're not that bad. And I think people are starting to realize that, and honestly, including myself. Because I thought entering this season that teams like the Mets would take advantage of us, the deep rotation, the pitching, the offense the slugging that they can do. They can attack you from multiple different directions. But this Nationals team, while there's no real headliners, especially on the offensive side, while there's no real bullpen help, minus a few guys here and there, this Nationals team has been able to stick with it and continue to turn out wins to where they shouldn't be doing this. So the Nationals continue to outperform the expectations that we all placed on them. Maybe I won't include you. Maybe it was just me. I included all of these things to where I thought this team would have zero chance to actually go in and do the wins or get the wins. Jeez. This Nationals team is not built for right now. And I can't continue here to say that and not just relish behind the point that This Nationals team is outperforming expectations behind Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, J-Mare Candelario at times, Dominic Smith over at defense. These guys, and also not even mention the C.J. Abrams game. As we saw prime C.J. Abrams yesterday, where we really needed him. And so with this Nationals team in doing what we want to see from them, guys like C.J. Abrams will have to perform. And when they do perform, that's when you'll start to see real competitive baseball as we saw on Sunday. Because in that first game, the Nationals won that by a score of 3-2 to two on Sunday. The completed game from the suspended Saturday game, which by the way, what a joke that was by Nationals Park. And whoever makes those decisions, what a joke. I can't even get into that because we all know why. But what a joke that was. But C.J. Abrams saved the day on Mother's Day. Not only did he save the day, but C.J. Abrams added two hits with two RBIs. He scored a run. He hit the home run. C.J. Abrams carried the Nationals to that victory on that completed game on Sunday. And in doing so, this really is what this Nationals can be if you get a consistent C.J. Abrams. And at times, we've seen it from him. We've seen what he can do when he is consistent at the plate. When his head isn't flying out of the batter's box. When he keeps his eye on the ball. When his fundamentals are set. We've seen it with him. We know what he can do. It's just a matter of being consistent with it. And that is what we're starting to see with C.J. Abrams. As, obviously, he carried the Nationals in that completed victory on Sunday. Because in the bottom of the seventh, 
that home run to jump the win percentage to 79.4% for the Washington Nationals. And we finally got to see what CJ can do when he is on and when this Nationals team is on in particular because he smoked that ball. 411 feet, 104 miles per hour off the bat, and a 32-degree launch angle. C.J. Abrams is not a power hitter by any stretch of the imagination. But when you can luck your way into home runs like this, kind of the similar way that Trey Turner did earlier in his career when he didn't have that built-up power, that is when you start to see this Nationals team turn it around and be just much better than what people anticipated. And I think that is the missing ingredient for this Nationals team. A consistent, a reliable, and just a better overall C.J. Abrams means that much more for this Nationals team. And also not even to mention guys like Lane Thomas, who just consistently hit. Joey Manessis, who's been hitting lately. All these different calibers that go into the equation here actually means something for the Nationals down the road. And that is why they are continuing to stay competitive against teams they honestly shouldn't really be competitive with. Because the New York Mets should not be below 500. If they aren't in the playoffs, it is a massive disappointment for them going forward. But now it's time to get into a National Stock Report. As it is Monday, it's going to be the quickest way for you to find out who's been hot and who has not been hot. I'll tell you guys about that. But before we get into that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. And here's the thing about eBay Motors that I love so much. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money comes back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions always do apply. And now it's time for your Washington Nationals stock report as we have a stock up for Mr. Lane Thomas. And I've talked about Lane Thomas. I continue to talk about him because I truly do just love this guy and the production that he brings. And I've talked about this a lot early on in the season. Lane Thomas has a history now of multiple years of starting off really slow. Multiple times over the last few years, he's had a slugging percentage below 300 in the first half of the season. The second half of the season, that is where you see kind of all-star numbers from the guy. And that's not just me saying this. It's what the numbers dictate. A high at batting average, over 300. Slugging numbers over 450. An OPS over 850. This guy, in the second half of the season, for some reason, just hits the ball. And I said, if Lane Thomas can find a way to put these numbers up in the first half, that is when you'll start to see substantial growth 
in what he can do. Because again, similar to CJ Abrams, it's the consistency for Lane Thomas, but that is the consistency that we are seeing so far in May from the, honestly, the most reliable hitter that we have is right now he is slugging at a 569 clip in May. He's batting 294. He's getting on base one out of every three at bats. This guy has been a difference maker. And oh, not even to mention, he's got four home runs and eight RBIs also in May. Lane Thomas, if he continues this production, we're going to start to have conversations about what we should do with him at the deadline or what is his future like here in Washington, D.C.? Is it no longer a fourth outfielder? Is this someone who can compete for a left field or a right field gig? That's something that we'll just have to monitor because I love Lane Thomas's skill set. He does a little bit of everything. He can play a solid left field. He can play center. He can really play any position in the outfield. And also, he hits for average. He can also hit for power as we've seen him smoke home runs for 108 miles per hour going for 420 feet. We've seen it before from Lane Thomas. So if he continues this up and what he has been doing so far in May, this is someone to watch out for because he has certainly been on a tear so far throughout the month of May. And now, of course, a stock down for Mason Thompson. Mason Thompson, I love him. I am not concerned about the future of his career. But I call a spade a spade, and Mason Thompson has not been himself right now. I think because of this situation, it's kind of determined what the Nationals can and can't do within the bullpen. Mason Thompson is one of the guys like Hunter Harvey to where Davey Martinez just throws him out there every night. And at times it was working. For the first half of this season, it was absolutely working. But right now, he is in a complete funk. He can't find the strike zone. He's not striking out the guys that he used to. He's walking a lot of hitters. He's getting in high counts and really putting him in the back end of a situation to where you don't want him to be in. Davey Martinez, you're probably going to have to figure out a way to get Mason Thompson back to his normal self. Because we saw it last year. Mason Thompson, when he's good, he's great. But when he's bad and when he's inconsistent, when he's missing the strike zone, that is when you start to see the issues come forward. And that is what we are seeing currently with him as we throw him out there. And it seems to be he's just getting rocked around right now. He can't find the strike zone. He can't get his secondary pitches to work. And he can't locate his fastball. That is a disaster for a young relief pitcher. Toby Altizer. One of my good friends, someone who comes on the pod plenty of times, he said the other day, hey, it might be time for a phantom IL stint. And why some people may scratch their heads at that, I am all for it at this point because he needs something. He needs to go back down to AAA or whatever it may be, get some relief appearances there, get some innings under his belt, come back up in a two weeks, and let's hit the ground running. Because at this point, he just needs some rest, I think. He just needs to collect his thoughts and get everything together because this guy is a value to this team down the line. It's just a matter of getting him healthy and also getting him to be consistent, as we've seen with a lot of players who haven't really been consistent with this team over time. But with a consistent and healthy Mason Thompson, he is certainly a setup man for the future, if not a closer. He is that good. So it's really important to get him to roll and do well and do the things that he needs to do to stay up in the major leagues. Stock up for Erasmo Ramirez. 
Rosmer Ramirez, the organization's pitcher of the year last year, alongside MVP Lane Thomas, both of the 2022 season. Rosmer Ramirez has pitched really well in May. And while myself, I don't really want to see a Rosmer Ramirez out there too much. I like to see the younger guys and what they can do. But again, I call balls and strikes. Rosmo, you have been very good so far in the month of May. As so far, through nine innings pitch, he's yielded seven hits, only two earned runs, which came May 10th against the San Francisco Giants in that one inning. He gave up a home run. We know what came from that. But he's only walked one batter through nine innings. These are all numbers that matter. And as a 33-year-old, I ask myself this. Does this matter towards the future? Is this someone that we're going to be relying on back for our next postseason team, maybe even next year? Probably not. But at the end of the day, if you're going to pitch meaningful innings, if you're going to eat innings, then do it well. And that is something that he has done well. As he struck out five through nine innings, nothing special. But at the end of the day, he's not a strikeout pitcher. This isn't something that we're expecting from him. And batters are batting 212 against him in May compared to in April. They're batting around 319. So Rosmo has kind of settled down now. His ERA is down to a 403. But again, the most important thing is that through nine innings in May, he's only given up those two earned runs. And that was came in, that came in one start or one appearance rather against the San Francisco Giants. And the other four appearances that he's had, he's given up no no runs. And he's really given up only five hits in those innings other than that. So Rosmo Ramirez, stock up. He's been pitching well. We'll get to that. But also, a stock down for Mr. J-Mare Candelario. I gave him his flowers a lot early on in this season. But here's the thing with J-Mare. He's kind of lost his bat a little bit over the month of May as he is only batting 132 with a 233 on base percentage and a whopping 211 slug. I'm no math major, but that is not good numbers as you are sitting at a 444 OPS in what? 38 at-bats so far. He's only got five hits in the month of May. He's not doing damages. He's got no RBIs. He's got four walks. He's struck out 10 different times at this point, and it has not been a good showing for J-Mare Candelario. But on the other bright side of this, he's still continuing to play a relatively solid third base. But we need him to hit also. Because he at the beginning of this season, he was the guy leading this team in slugging, driving guys in, and really being the consistent part of this national team as we need that as much as we can get. Lastly, a stock up for Hobie Harris. As Hobie Harris, coming from the Milwaukee Brewers, no one really knew about him. No one really knew what he could do. He came down in spring training. He performed well and earned an opening day roster spot. And so far in the month of May, we know about what he did in April. It wasn't pretty as he pitched 11 innings in April at a 7.36 ERA. But now in May, he's in four innings pitch. He's given up no earned runs. And not only has he given up no earned runs, batters aren't really hitting him either as he's only yielded two hits to four strikeouts. And he's also walking at a pretty high rate as he's walked four batters in those four innings this month. Hobie Harris is not someone to where I'm really like, yeah, this is the guy I want to see. But it's a nice addition to the bullpen because a lot of teams can do this. 
The Nationals did this with Kyle Finnegan. They kind of plucked him away from the Oakland A's or the Vegas A's, whatever you want to call them. And Kyle Finnegan has been relatively decent. Not this year, but in the years past, he has been. So Hobie Harris is kind of along those lines with someone like Kyle Finnegan to where if he can pitch meaningful innings for you, then that is value in itself because this is someone who is inexpensive. It's not like we traded the barn for him. It's not like we traded anything for him. This is someone who could and does have the potential to be a relatively decent reliever down the line. Now we're going to preview the Nationals taking on the Mets for the final game of the series as it feels like we have been playing this team for almost a month now. But I'm going to tell you guys all about that and more right after this. And we get into it as Patrick Corbin takes on the takes on the New York Mets against David Peterson and the New York Mets. But as we all say, Patrick Corbin, who has been relatively decent so far this season, sitting at one and five with a four eight seven ERA and thirty strikeouts, hasn't been pretty at times. But you know what I'm going to say every dares. You know what I'm going to say. If Riley Adams is behind the plate. I am placing all the money in the world, not literally, on FanDuel for a Nationals win. Riley Adams has the track record with Patrick Corbin. As last start, Kibet Ruiz was behind the plate. He looked well. But again, there is now a year and a half track record of Riley Adams performing much better behind the plate when it comes to Patrick Corbin pitching. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the communications of it is. I don't know if it's the way he calls games. But the proof is in the pudding. The stats are so much better when Patrick Corbin is being caught by Riley Adams. And that is simple to me. It's simple math. You do that. You have to do that against this team. But also, Patrick Corbin hasn't fared too well against the New York Mets. As For, for example, Pete Alonso has a 350 batting average against him, five home runs, in eight RBIs, in 37 at-bats. In 37 at-bats. And not only that, there is a ton of hitters on this Mets team that have killed Patrick Corbin over the years. Killed him. They're hitting the hell out of the ball. And at the end of the day, is Riley Adams going to make this big difference? I don't know. But I'm willing to give it a shot. Because that's what the numbers say. And they have to go by the numbers when this team lacks talent, in my opinion. So with Patrick Corbin out there, you have to have Riley Adams behind the plate. Give your guys the best chance of winning. And also, against David Peterson, this team should be able to take advantage of it as he sits with a 7.68 ERA. And while not a lot of Nationals have really faced him over his career as he's not the greatest pitcher in the world, He's kind of a fill-in guy at best, in my opinion. But the Nationals have to take advantage of this and win this game. Besides, who wants to see the New York Mets win? Let's be honest. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever 
you get your podcast. And of course, the Nats play the Mets today at four o'clock. So you're going to catch Patrick Corbin and maybe Riley Adams behind the plate. And that is when the Nationals will win. But the Nats hometown broadcast is with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be watching this Nationals-Mets game. And then around 5.30, I'm going to get my big butt out of the seat, and I'm going up to Baltimore tonight to see Shohei Otani pitch. I'm sorry, Nationals fans. I'm sick today. If you've heard me all show, you've probably been able to tell this guy has a cold. He's sneezing. He has a sore throat. But I'm going to go see Shohei Otani tonight because that is one of those things where you just have to go see him. You have to go see Shohei Otani when you can in person live, especially against Grayson Rodriguez. It's going to be one of those things. I'm going to tell my grandkids I saw Shohei Shohei Otani in person. So again, sorry, Nationals fans. I'm cheating on you tonight. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. And shout out to the everydayers. Subscribe over on YouTube, Locked On Nationals. Comment, subscribe, spread the word. Follow us over on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals as well. I will catch you guys on the flip side. We'll talk about this game tomorrow morning.